Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to our extravaganza. Um, let me turn this down. Just kind of giving everybody an update. Working on uh, working out here with Mr. Bullet because he's uh, being very cute and rubbing his buddy, his buddy, his booty against me, uh, as he is my little buddy. Uh, but yes, he's ready to get in and uh, participate on this episode, right? You gonna participate? Probably not. All right, well then, screw it. I'm on my own. All right, guys, let's get to the guest. Well, that that was nice and low, wasn't it? Let's no, 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 no. We're gonna bring that back. We're we're off the rails, and we're gonna stay off the rails. But we're gonna get back on somehow. Let's see. Let's try this again. Okay, now we'll get to our wonderful guest. guys we are back again um you know i always explain like where i find our guests well usually it's similar places like Podmatch or instagram uh our next guest is actually a mother of a good friend of mine uh i know i talk about going to the gym and working on you know my physique and all that just for health reasons and trying to work on my mental health and whatever helps being physically fit well uh, he, I work with him and also he's, um, my, technically my gym partner, even though we tend to go different places at the gym, but, um, and we were talking on the treadmill one day and he brought up kind of his mom's resume and what she's done. And I know a lot about his, his older brother and, uh, he mentioned to have about having her on. And I said, yeah, of course, uh, gotten to know her a few times, you know, to talk to her a few times here and get to know her a little bit. So, uh, she's a very delightful woman, so I'm glad to have her on. Um, you want to introduce yourself and maybe tell a little about yourself? All right. So my name's Denise, um, and my husband Brandon's here also. And uh, I have two sons. Um, my oldest son, Jordan, is 32, and he was diagnosed with autism when he was three years old. And then I have a younger son, Joseph, who is 31, um, and he um, is actually TJ's friend and works with him. So, um, so I have the two boys, and um, I've also done. A, I, I work as a nurse, um, so I've worked with people with you know different. I, I did a lot of time in dialysis, um, so people with um, you know chronic illnesses. Um, and I also do home health and work with um, people with disabilities there. And I've also done coaching um, for Special Olympics. And I've done therapeutic, I've taught therapeutic horseback riding lessons. Great. Now, again, one of the things she also does, she like adopts animals and takes care of them. So, like, is there, like, were you always like that as a kid? Were you brought up that way? Like, were you always wanting <laughs> to care and like, give back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that that has. Yeah, I think I was very much, um, you know, the the girl who brought home strays and, you know, found kittens in the, you know, in ditches and found dogs running loose and I'd bring them home. And, and I also always wanted to um, be a nurse. My grandmother was a nurse. Um, so it's something from a pretty young age that I knew I wanted to do. I was, you know, I was the neighborhood babysitter. I liked taking care of kids and um, you know, and I, and I always, yeah, I guess I just kind of always had a part of me. Like I like taking care of people. Um, I like being part of people's lives and being able 
to make their lives better, hopefully, I guess would be my goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, it, unless- it, it sounds great. And I mean, I, I obviously believe you, but it it's in this weird world we live in, you don't see that much, you know, genuineness and generosity as much. I mean, it obviously happens and it doesn't get recorded like a lot of other things do. But, (laughs) you know, it always usually has to stem from somewhere, you know, like for me, like people are always wondering like, oh, where did you get your manners? Because like my grandma does not have manners. She's 90. She's stuck in her ways (laughs) and she'll run right through you with her shopping cart. And I'm the one one that's apologizing to everybody like, yeah, I'm sorry. And it's, it, you know, of course my mom kind of instilled some of that, but also it's just, I don't know, just sometimes it, you just have certain qualities that you're just born with, whether it's genetics or it's just something you're born. There's like, you know, like how athletes are born with just good genetics and they can jump higher. Right. It's not just because they go to the gym and work out. Right. Everybody goes to the gym and works out and doesn't mean they get that kind of muscle tone and, and they're able to uh, put the skills and, and actually, you know, become great at something. So, um, right. But for you, it seems like you were kind of destined to just, this is kind of who you were. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like I'm pulling myself. I hate, I don't want to sound like that. But I but I do think that just, you know, that that just kind of is, it, it just kind of is what I, I, I tend to, I guess, be more of a caregiver and, you know, kind of more somebody who, um, you know, just if I, see a need, I, I try to fill it, I guess maybe is the best way to put it. If I see there's something, and there's always a need, there's always lots of needs, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I think, um, and I'm lucky, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm healthy enough to be able to go and do things, and I'm, you know, I, I'm able to, I'm able to, I have the time and the energy to, you know, step in and, you know, um, help out in different places. I have, you know, I have some older friends and I have over the years that I've, you know, kind of helped out and being in dialysis, there have been some people that I've just become close to. And um, so, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I guess it is my personality. I don't know. I don't know, I guess. And I'm also lucky, you know, my husband is also a, somebody who's been very supportive and he also he coached special olympics and he volunteered at horseback riding and he's you know a really wonderful father and and he's all you know he's also really caring so that that enables me to be able to do that kind of thing you know i've got i've got a lot of support at home i couldn't do it if i was going crazy at home and trying to do everything there by myself i wouldn't have the energy left over for anything more so i'm really lucky that way too i i married i married well now did he tell you to say that did, was that written down he did he did yeah yeah he, <laughs> he cuts me a check at the end of the month if i say uh, nice things good for him. Um, <laughs> he's also sitting here covered in animals and kind of oh, <laughs> that's adorable <laughs> yeah 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 we started talking they've all come around and <laughs> oh, yeah. no but i mean if we if we focused on just your I mean, like, you know, we could go to your pros and your cons, but one, you, you were talking about celebrating, you know, not being so, you know, congratulatory towards yourself when it comes to, you know, your good qualities, but it's like, this is one of the things that you're good at and, and it, it works for yeah. you. And it's just something yep, that you have that you just, yeah, you know, it's just, it just defines who you are. Um, yeah, it does. It absolutely does. I think you're exactly right. It does kind of, you know, if, if somebody asks, you know, what is something that I, 
you know, that I would look at myself as that would absolutely be part of it as somebody who, you know, helps take care of people. And try, like I said, I try to try to fill needs if I see them. Right. Exactly. Now, um, before for jo- before Jordan, or not even, I mean, just in general, in life, before you actually had real experiences becoming a nurse, and did you have any real, like, tragedy beforehand, like, to, because you, you're very kind, and you like to look out for those who are kind of struggling, whether it is animals or people, um, was there any real tragedy in your family, whether it was as a teenager, or, nope. you know, mid, you know, young no. adult? Nope, I had a super great life, I've got wonderful parents who are both still living, I had wonderful grandparents um, who lived into my, you know, into when my being in college. Um, I have a brother who's five years younger than me, you know. So no, I really uh, was pretty sheltered and lucky and blessed. I yeah didn't have really nothing. I, I was it, I was uh, I was lucky. Now, was your family kind of similar to you, where they were givers and yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. My like I said, my grandmother was a nurse. Um, my and when I was real little, um, I my grandmother kept me a lot, and I also had some aunts and you know just some close family friends that really pitched in and helped raise me. And um, yeah, and my mother's very, my mother's very very nurturing, um, and she also is some you know she does a lot of volunteer work and you know she's very caring and giving my and my father is too um he's a little more um yeah yeah he's a little more gruff i guess he's but but yeah underneath it oh my goodness he's you know he's very he's somebody that you know all my friends are very close to and um you know and he's always a guy like He's a, he's a little different than us. I mean, I think his way of showing his caring and nurturing is like he has a, a big garden and he's always, you know, giving everybody stuff out of the garden and he does woodworking. So he'll build, you know, things for people, you know, he's, he's just a, that's a little more how he shows his caring side. Now, I, this is, and I'm, I'm not sure whose grandparents, whose parents' house was I at? Was that yours or Brandon's parents? It would have been mine. Mine. Okay. So yeah. I have met them. They have the little dog cookie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've been there a few times because I, I helped them I move realized, stuff. I don't think I realized that you had been over there. Yes. That's my parents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I ate pizza there once with them. And then another time okay. we moved furniture and things. Okay. Yep. That's them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I have met them. Yeah. yeah they're very nice people. Their, yeah. Cookie's their favorite daughter, but I come in a close second. That's okay. I understand. She's very cute. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah okay so now i know roughly what you mean. yeah they're very sweet people <clears throat> so it makes sense but i mean a lot of times you see people who are very like sheltered or in, have like a lot of privilege they tend not to really know what's going on the dark side of life they kind of only see what they see but you it didn't i guess you i mean even with lack of experience at that point in time you still kind of wanted to give and, and you still cared which is nice yeah yeah, yeah, yep. I like I said, I was, I, I was lucky. I really, yeah, I still pretty much am. I, you know, I've, I've, I've just been lucky. I haven't had big bad things happen. So knock on wood. Right, no. but that's that's very. I mean, adult of you to understand that, like for you to see mm-hmm. it and realize, like, okay, I have had it easy. Obviously, you have something to compare to, like your son. 
Um, but, right. but still it, it's great for you to see that and, and not just take it for granted and just go, ah, I'm great. Like, you know, like, right. you're, yeah, it's, it's very awesome. Now, did you have, you had any experiences with anyone with disabilities, uh, before Jordan, whether it was friends in school or I don't know, any, any, um, before, so like when I was in junior high and high school, which was 40 years ago, um, at that time, you know, that with you had um, like a, a special education class and they tended to not be as integrated as they are today. But um, like I would volunteer, I would go on my lunchtime and volunteer and go help out in the classroom and stuff. So I guess it's kind of something I, I mean, I honestly, when I went into college, it was either going to be teaching. And if I taught, I, I really had thought, you know, special education and um, or, or nursing. Right. So, so it's not like I had a ton of experience, but it's not, but I, I don't want to say I thought it out, but, but it was something I was comfortable with. I was comfortable being around people with disabilities. Yeah. And I do have, I have, um, my dad has a brother who's disabled very, you know, he lives independently. He's married, but you know, I, I guess so. I kind of grew up around my uncle Mark too. And that, you know, Mark was just part of the family. So maybe that affected it a little bit that it, you know, was never anything that was uncomfortable or embarrassing or, you know, it wasn't any, you know, it was always just comfortable yeah. around people who had different abilities. Sure. And it means a lot to us as people with disabilities to be around people who know we're different, but don't treat us any different. It, it, right. It, it, it's a huge deal to us because we, we notice it. Like there's like, I'm, I'm not very close with my one uncle, but I will say one of the good things he did do, he never, he just treated me like a guy. He still, you know, would right. bust my chops, but it wasn't, right. <laughs> it, it wasn't anything discriminatory. Right. Right. And I think you can't be afraid. I mean, you know, we, it's kind of always been a lot, a, a big part of our guiding principle with Jordan is, you know, you're not getting off easy just because you have, you struggle a little bit. You know, we kind of, you know, have always, um, we tend to kind of, as you say, bust each other's chops all the time. Um, and he doesn't get out of it. Our whole family, you know, my dad, my mom, my aunts, uncles, like everybody, you know, you, you kind of have to be able to give it and get it. And, um, and it's funny because with Jordan's autism, you know, sarcasm is a little bit of a difficult thing for him to get. Mm -hmm. um, and this is not a good family to be in if you don't get sarcasm. Right, right. So he, so, but he actually does pretty good with it now. I think we taught him pretty well. So. Now, did you, did, before Jordan, did you know anything about autism? Oh, very little. I mean, just kind of what everybody else, you know. Again, he's 32, so this was quite a while ago. Right. So, you know, I knew Rain Man, and I knew, you know, I had read some books with, you know, like autistic characters. Like, he kind of knew a little bit of, you know, a, a picture of it as being somebody who's nonverbal, non, and not, um, not affectionate. Because I remember, like, when he was very small, he was, um, you know, he always wanted to be hugged. He was on my lap constantly. And when they told us he was autistic, I remember thinking, 
well, that doesn't make sense. He's really affectionate. Um, so, you know, I knew some things, not everything I knew was right. A lot of what I knew wasn't right or thought I knew. So. Yeah. Like, cause I think I, I interviewed someone and she found out later in life that she was autistic. And it's like when mm-hmm. they put that label on her, like she was, she was like in her thirties when she found out. And when they put uh-huh. that label on her, people treated her different. Like she thought different about herself. And yeah, yeah. because there's these, these like stereotypes that people perpetuate and think that, Oh, because you're autistic. A lot of times it means you're, they think that you're stupid, but it's like, there's like, I'm watching right. a show on Netflix. It's a basketball show. And there's a, there's a player on there who has autism and, when he gets like heated and angry and, and there's a lot of loud sounds and everything, he gets aggravated and he just kind of, uh-huh. he just has to shut down. He can't play anymore. Right. Um, right. But again, it affects them differently. Everyone has their own different like ticks. They just, whatever right. it is, you just kind of have to accommodate them. I'm assuming. Right. And yeah. And it's funny too, because a lot of people too, you know, Jordan is an artist and, and he's pretty talented. And, you know, so many people will say, oh, well, yeah, those people, have, they always have a special talent. I'm like, nah, no, not always. And, and I think he'd be art, artistic. I think he'd have, I, he probably, the gifts may have developed differently and he might express it differently. But, you know, I don't know. People sometimes, it's almost like, you know, oh, well, yeah, he, he had to have something, you know, they, it's, Sometimes people think like everybody who's autistic is going to have one special magical skill, you know, and yeah. it, it, it's just kind of funny the way people look at it sometimes. Yeah, it's it's a stereotype type of thing. And, and I've always said like people, people with disabilities are like a huge reminder of how like tough life can get. And it's almost like like when you were in school, you would say like, oh, the girls have cooties. Like you don't even want to get near them because it's you're, like, right. you're afraid that like they can just pass it on to you. You know, it, right, it's right. silly things. It's like back when, you know, when AIDS right. was like a huge thing. It's like, oh, we can't, we can't right. be near them because they may bleed on me. It's, it's silly right. nonsense. Right. And I think right. it's also the same with like the homeless population. Like the reason why people treat them so poorly is because it's just, it's like, oh, well, I, I don't want to be nothing to do with them because I don't want to even touch them because God forbid my bank account will empty type of thing. It's, it's silly. Right. It's nonsensical. Right. Like just because well, you have it. Just, just, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, it's just such a lack of, education and awareness um you know i think people just you know just don't they just don't know they just don't understand and it's what makes you know i think it's what makes finding a job for jordan now he has a job but you know but it it, if anything ever happened and he needed something else you know it's it's not easy to find a job it's not easy to find you know, just a lot of different things. People just, I can remember in school, his fifth grade teacher, he had, he had many, many wonderful teachers and he had two really awful teachers and his one fifth grade teacher was one of them. And she just was like, well, what am I supposed to do with him? Well, what am I supposed, how am I supposed to handle this? And, you know, I just was like, handle him like every other kid, you know, it's just, with minor it's tweaks. just that. Right, right. Which you have to do with every kid. Like you don't treat every kid the same. You know, everybody's got their learning, you know, different ways of learning and stuff. But it was just um, just an absolute lack of understanding of what his disability is. 
and I don't feel like, you know, not everybody knows about autism. All we ask is like a, an openness to trying to understand it and working with it, you know, and just being open to things. Yeah. No, I, I actually, about last year, I actually got in touch with my former sixth grade teacher and he was a very good teacher, just not for me. He was a very good uh-huh. teacher. Like he, he was very advanced in his work. A lot of stuff that he was uh-huh. teaching in sixth grade, I started to like really learn more about in high school. So he was uh-huh. really pushing the envelope, but there was right. a few of us that were visually impaired and he just, he, he, I'll be honest, he, he didn't treat us any differently. He treated us the same, but he didn't make uh-huh. those minor tweaks. And, and he had like right. a human interaction with me where he was saying like, I feel like in some ways that I failed you because, and, and the other student, the other two students, because you know, we also went through a lot of abuse as child. Like he was through the foster care. Yeah. I had been molested. Another thing, there was a lot of bad things yeah. that happened to both of us. So he didn't. He just tried to treat us like everyone else, which was fine. And, and, and I, I love him for still trying that. But he just didn't know how to accommodate us at the time. And now he right. said he's gotten so much better because he's had so many more. That was like one of his first go arounds with anyone with disabilities. Right. Um, right. And he learned from that experience, and it, it does humble some people. And it, it's great for those out there that are trying. Um, Right. And I'm sure with a learning disability, it's even harder because like it, for someone with a visual impairment, let's say it, there's a lot of technology that it's easy to just like, oh, this will make this bigger. OK, boom. Right. Um, but learning is, is a totally different thing because you don't know how the brain works. No one really does. Um, right. And the kid. Right. And especially, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was say, and when you're dealing with like a, a language barrier, you know, you know, I mean, his um, writing and and speaking um were you know those were hard things so you know that's that's a big part of going to school is being able to answer questions and participate in discussions and you know so that that was it's tough and like I said honestly he had a lot of teachers who were so willing to work with him and really really um, were open to suggestions and, and doing things a little differently. And he also had an aide from second grade on mm-hmm. um, who just could help him, you know, was kind of there with him and could just make sure that he was following along in a book and, you know, could help just make sure he was focused and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so that helped too. But, but yeah, I think anytime it's, again, you, you can't expect every teacher to know everything like with a, with a visual, you know, impairment, you know, they're not going to know everything. You just want somebody who's open to trying new things and learning about what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And because, and again, I know some students would, would say things towards me or towards the teachers like, well, how come he gets to get more time? How come he gets to do this? Like, isn't that cheating? And it's like, if I had your eye, like, first of all, I can't see the chalkboard. So you right. automatically, I can't take the notes that are on the board. You can. Right. So it's like, what do you want me right. to do? Like, and, and again, I, at that I point know. I was still young and I didn't really stick up for myself, but I mean, right. yeah, you don't really really like they the kids just, they're just, they're looking at it from their vision. So it's like, Oh, I would say, yeah. And they, and they don't, they're also, they're also immature just in the sense of literally not having the maturity of understanding that, you know, it's not everybody gets the same thing. Everybody gets what they need. That's, you know, that's what it should be. You, it can't always, not everybody gets the same thing and not everybody needs the same thing. 
How how aware is Jordan? Maybe more so now, but how at that point, like in, in high school, how aware of he of his you know differences from other students? Like, um, was he aware of being you know having a disability and needing an aid and all yeah. those things? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, Brandon's saying too. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he was. I would say he was always pretty aware. He's funny because he was aware. Um, he also really. But sometimes, like, he would, he still talks to himself, um, and, you know, verbal, makes vocalizations and stuff. And, you know, when he was younger, I would be like, Gordon, you've got to, you got to be quiet. You know, you're in school, you can't interrupt things. I'm like, you know, when people are staring at you, he's like, I don't care. You yeah. know, so he, Fair so enough. like, he kind of knew that right. he was different, but he's always had a pretty, you know, he's always been pretty, uh, upbeat about it. Yeah, yeah. And he also, I can remember one time it sticks in my head so much. He was really being noisy. And, um, you know, and I worked full time and I had two kids and I had, you know, I did volunteer work. And, you know, some days I was just like, oh, my God, you're so loud. So he was really being noisy. And I was like, oh, my God, you are like, can you just I'm like, I said, buddy, sometimes I just wish I had a couple hours of, of you being a little uh, without the autism that I could just, you know, have a little, right. little quiet. Like I could just see you without all the noise getting in the way. And he was like, you know, mom, and he was like maybe 12 or 13 when he said this, he's like, but mom, if I wasn't autistic, my brain wouldn't work the way it does. And I don't think I would be able to look at the world the way I do. And I wouldn't be as good of an artist and I wouldn't be as creative. So, so he's actually always had a, he appreciates his differences. Yeah. Which I think is kind of amazing. Yeah, he's very, he's yeah, he's knowing of what his situation is. He's very transparent. He knows what's going on. And there's nothing that's just hidden. He just, he just kind of owns yeah, it and no, just he, goes with it. Yeah, he absolutely does. He's not, you know, he's not ashamed of it at all or, or you know, there's no sense of, I don't know. I never get a sense from him that he wishes he didn't have a, a difference. You know, he kind of celebrates it, which is kind of amazing. I think that's a, that's a gift. Yeah. I mean, and maybe that's where the autism kicks in for a good reason. Like maybe there's something that he's just, right. he just can't really understand. Like he doesn't understand shame. He doesn't understand what it's like to yeah. be embarrassed for what he is. And he, and it's great because he just owns who he is. He loves himself, loves yep. life. And, and that's a yep. lot of things that maybe we all should be missing. Um, yeah. You know, it's. Yeah, me, a, yeah, me and Joe had this conversation. Person. We were having this conversation on the treadmill about this. We were talking about Jordan and just how he is. And, and so, yeah. yeah, like maybe it'd be nicer if we were all just missing a few chromosomes here and there because it's like the world is so screwed up. And we, and we you know, like when you become an adult, like when you're a kid, all you care about is like like bubbles entertain you, whatever. Yeah, like right. Life is just right. like, oh my god, I'm looking at all the new things that are happening. And then when you get right. an adult, it's like you get all the things that you wanted to accomplish, and you still want more. And, right. And you just and you continue to find wrong, you know, wrongful things in everything. You're never happy. You're never satisfied. 100. percent Right. Where it's like him. And, and yeah. people disappoint you a lot of times too. I think you know. Sure. Yeah. And your experiences yeah. Yeah. just weigh you down. You tend to just you're right. Your PTSD just kicks in, and, and you, whatever has happened yep. to you in life, if you had a rough life, it's, right. you know, because I'll say, like, I don't look at life as 
brightly as he does because I've been through a lot of shit. Not that he hasn't. It's just right. I've I've, right. I've been shameful of my condition. I, I can honestly say it. Right. I'm more. I'm I'm lesser than that now, and I'm I'm more open about who I am and and, and liking who I am. But it took a long time to get here because of so much abuse, and so it. it right. But it's beautiful. Like I wish that I could always be like him. Cause that's fantastic. Even you can say, well, it's just cause he doesn't know better, but it's like, I'm glad, I wish I didn't. Cause I, yeah, but I, think, yeah, I think he does. Like, I think he, I don't know. Like to me, he does understand. Like, he understands. He knows he's not like everybody else. He knows that. I, I do think he understands a lot of it. Mm-hmm. He just, like I said, he just is really like, it's okay that my brain's different. You know, he, he likes, he likes the way his brain works. So, you know, I mean, I do think there's... There are some things he regrets, though, about it, like the socialization side of it. Um, he doesn't have... He has good friends, but he doesn't have any long-term like relationships and stuff like that, which I think he really wants, but doesn't know how to go about making that happen. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, I mean, a lot of people suffer from that, but yeah, that... Yeah, yeah, that could be rough. I mean, we're in this world now. Even just take out dating, but you can add dating into it, where it's just it's a quick swipe left. Whether you find someone interesting based on right. a picture, and it's like right. everyone's on to the next thing, and and it's just instantaneous. And then and, and no, it's hard to keep good loyal people around you at all times, yep. regardless if you have a condition. Right, right. I, I, yeah, I think you know whether it's friendships or or you know or dating or whatever it's hard for everybody and and having a disability you know it, it does just add a, another layer of of shit on top of it you know mm-hmm. where it's just, just one more thing you have to talk about and deal with and yeah it's certainly you know that certainly is challenging yeah um something you and i talked about uh, a couple of days ago when we first talked was I, I wanted you to kind of expound on it a little more or at least talk about it on here is the, the lack of resources that you couldn't find um, yeah. when it comes to having a child with autism. So again, he's 32. So this, you know, I'm, I think maybe things have gotten somewhat better, but I don't know how much. Um, because before, I'm sorry, before you go into how, how long into his life did you realize like he was diagnosed with autism? So he was about 18 months old when, um, and he wasn't talk. He actually had started talking at about a year old and then he lost his words and really stopped talking. Um, and he had had, you know, some ear infections and tubes and stuff. So we started taking him to speech therapy, thinking maybe it was, you know, he just needed speech therapy. And his speech therapist recommended we take him to Hershey after she worked with him for a while, recommended we take him to Hershey to be evaluated. Um, so it was, I would say it was about 18 months when we were kind of like, something's not quite right. Um, and he was diagnosed at three. So, and when he was diagnosed, they told us that he was autistic and mentally retarded. Um, I don't believe that he was. Um, I mean, he's autistic, but I don't believe that he is mentally retarded. They gave him an IQ of 79 um, is what they put him at. You know, but I sometimes I wonder if they did that to try and help us get resources. Um, I don't know. It just seems a little funny that he's one point below 
what what is considered mental retardation. Um, so I don't know, but that but that's what we were told. So he was three when he was when he was diagnosed. Okay, I just I like started. To, yeah, I just like to paint the whole picture because you said he's thirty two yeah. and, and all that, and you know. Yeah, yeah. So and and he actually so so the fact that he was three, so he started at eighteen months, and he was um we were working with he was doing some therapies through um, the mental health, mental retardation. Um, I don't even know if I've still what it's called. It was MHMR then. And he had a caseworker named Chuck and that was who was kind of helping us um, set up the evaluations at Hershey. And, you know, he would give us a little bit of guidance and, you know, I can't remember if we did other therapies then at that point, but so he, so we had, set up the evaluation at Hershey. We went, and I, th- I, I think I told you this, we actually had had, um, the boys and I had had chicken pox on East, and like a week after we all got over chicken pox, um, our house, we, we rented a half a double, and we lost that in a fire. It was Easter Sunday, and then that Friday we went to Hershey, um, and Jordan was diagnosed. So in the midst of all this, he was diagnosed. We came home. We were living with my parents because we had lost our house. And I called Chuck and I told him what they had said. And I said, you know, so I was trying really, really hard to just be like, okay, going forward, what do we do? What do we do? And I said, so what do I do now? And he said, um, oh, I don't know what to tell you. He said, um, MHMR only works with kids who are diagnosed before their third birthday we don't work. He turned three a week before he was diagnosed. So he's like, so, you know, we can't really help you. And I, that was my introduction to the absolute lack of services and help when you have a kid who's diagnosed with a disability, that was an absolute smack between the eyes. Um, so, so that was, and he kind of said, well, you know, you could try reaching out to your school district but he wasn't in school yet and we had just lost our house and didn't have a house. So we didn't have a school district. Um, and he also said you could try the blast intermediate unit. So that was actually who ended up helping us then. Um, and he ended up going to the children's development center when he turned four, I guess it was. Um, and he spent a year there and then went to kindergarten. So I guess he went when he was five because he spent a year there. Um, and went to kindergarten when he was six. So it was really, um, it, it was very, very difficult. And I still find it difficult sometimes. There was, um, you know, we paid, he went to occupational therapy, physical therapy, horseback riding therapy, cognitive therapy, speech therapy. Um, and I can't, I, you know, I don't remember everything. I remember those five. Um, and it was a lot of money and nobody told us. So our insurance, and any insurance policy I've ever seen has this little thing at the bottom that says does not cover services related to mental health, mental retardation. And the reason they can do that is because kids qualify for medical assistance, but nobody told us that. So we never applied because we didn't, nobody told us. So we were paying out of pocket. We paid tens of thousands of dollars for these therapies. And, you know, we paid it off over a long time. Um, like nobody ever told us that he qualified for a medical assistance card, you know, just a simple thing like that. It, 
and my husband and I both, you know, went to college and I work in healthcare. I didn't know. So I just, it's, it's um, very discouraging and very scary how little help you get as a parent of a kid with a disability. At least, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it's like for, but I, I'm going to guess most disabilities are that way, where you really, really are just thrown off the deep end on your own. Um, so, yeah, it was, a. Uh, and yeah. even as he got older, um, you know, we got, like, when he went to, um, he went to Hiram Andrews School, which is a, a school for people with special needs in Johnstown. He went there for a year. Um, he came home. We tr- we worked with OVR, but God, getting getting him a job as an adult, getting him housing, get you know, it's um, I I, it's one of the biggest things I wish is that there were well, almost like like caseworkers that kind of came alongside you as a parent mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to hook you up with this service here make a phone call to this person they'll help you you know it it's just um just making you aware of what's available yeah yeah it's really um we've had a couple people who stepped in and just gave us good pieces of advice here and there we had somebody who told us oh we had a living will done and and a trust set up for him and that lawyer told us to apply for SSI for him when he turned 18. Well, no, and we did. And the reason you do that is because there's a little window of opportunity when, you know, when somebody has a childhood disability, you know, and I just think, oh my gosh, what if people don't know that you, you can get into a, um, your kid can miss out on a lot of services if you don't know the rules. And I don't know how you know the rules. <laughs> Nobody tells you the rules. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's very hard to find independence for for anybody with a disability because there's so many hurdles you have to jump through. That's why I've talked about so many times about appreciating like art because I posted something silly the other day about how I posted a picture of a giraffe with his head through a house saying like Uh the people with disabilities, our ceiling is so low and people don't ever expect us to amount to much. So it's like if you right. graduate high school, oh, my God, you broke through your ceiling. Uh, yeah, oh, my God, yeah. you have an apartment. Oh, my God, you can pay rent. Yeah. Oh, my God. And all these little things. And right. we sometimes, as people with disabilities, have trouble celebrating our achievements because having my own place is an achievement because I had to jump through so many hurdles. I had to go to I had to go to these uh uh, like career link type places where they'll send you yeah. like, well, well, how about we send you here? They're going to do, um, they'll train you to uh, ride a forklift. It's like, do you understand what I told you? What was my issue? And, you know, right. and, and they put you in positions to fail. And right. not only that, but it's like, you know, I know I'm pretty sure in his case, he's not allowed to work full time. Right. Right. Yeah. I, he, his job's low paying enough. He probably could, but honestly about 20, 30 hours a week is about all he can handle emotionally. He gets sure. pretty stressed, you know, if he's more than that. So yeah, he, he does have to, um, 
me it's job again so low paying that right right but I mean, the restrictions they put on him anyway, like even if he could right. handle it, like for, 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 some, right. for some reason with people with visual impairment, deaf, there's a few other disabilities where like for me, I'm allowed to work full time. Obviously, it, uh-huh. it's about on how much I can make per year, but it, right. it's still it, they put you in such a bind. That's why so many of us don't. I mean, there's a lot of us that are have a lot of discrimination where we can't, you know, just where we live. No one wants to hire right. us type of thing. But there's also right. so many restrictions that it's like. Well, I might as well just stay home and collect my disability. And I'm not, I'm not advocating for oh, that, yeah. but cause I don't do it, but yeah. it's, you know, I, know, I mean, I do collect my disability, but I mean, I still work and it, it's, right. you can't, it's so, cause we want to, we want to be adults. We want to live and we want to do right. what everyone else does. It's just right. the world makes it so hard on us. And that's why I continue right. to use the analogy of, Hey, what it's like to be a person with a disability. And I'm just going to say in America, because that's where I live is it's it's like trying to get into a house that doesn't have doors or windows, but somehow we have to find a way in that house. And it's just because everything is hard. There's nothing easy. And it's not a, it's not a, not whining, you know, I still manage and I still succeed, but that's how it is. And it's like, he, he wants to work, let him work. Forget the right. restrictions. Yeah. And it's like, no matter well, no matter how like, much he makes, no matter what he wants to do or do, doesn't want to do, he's always going to be disabled. So it's like, you know, it's like, I don't understand why. And again, I get it. If you're, if you're a millionaire, maybe you shouldn't get disability. But I mean, right. you should still have the insurance. You should still... Like you, you right. still have, you should, you should still have those amenities because you're disabled. I mean, it doesn't get taken away from you. Cause like for me, my rent just went up 70 bucks because I make yeah. more money because my social security, right. my disability is going up 114 or something dollars because of inflation. Right. Well, my rent's like, well, $70 off of that because we want what we right. want. And it's like, but right. you have people living here who are just disabled or old and they're collecting and they're getting benefits based on that. And I don't whine about my disability. I'm just right. saying, treat me fairly. I don't want my rent to go up right. 70 bucks. You're not making their rent go up 70 bucks because they don't right. make anything. It's like, right. why do I have to pay? Because I, you know, I'm a little more inspired and I want to push past my, my boundaries and I want to break through the ceiling. Right. Yeah. There are times when, you know, well, like you and I were talking about, you know, with, with getting him to and from work, transportation, such an issue. And sure. there are times when it's like, oh my gosh, fine, just stay home. I give up. Like, you know, it's, it yeah. is tough. It's, it's, it is tough and it's not healthy. I don't think for anybody to sit home and not, I, I think having a job's a fabulous thing, but it's tough sometimes. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Sometimes you do feel like you're just beating your head against a wall. Yeah. And look how discouraged I'm sure you and Brandon get. I'm sure how he feels like it's, it's his life. It's, I mean, you can drive right. and it's like, he, this is, this right. is his alternative. Like there is no other alternative. This is his life. Right. For you guys, right. you can make other choices. I mean, I, I'm sure that also makes you appreciate more. So what you have, but right. still it, it's, yeah, it's, you know, as a person who's an adult, I'm 34 and I've had really bad experiences with the bus to the point where I don't want to deal with the bus company yeah. in this town anymore. I was actually on the yeah. front, pa- front, front of the page of the paper because I complained yeah. about them and the mayor was in the room when I was complaining. And it, yeah. it's, it's because I had a bus driver leave me three blocks away because I didn't tap him on the shoulder and say, Hey, can you drop me off here? Even though he knew I get off at the same spot at North central every right. day. But because right. I didn't, I didn't open my mouth thinking we had a decent rapport that he would take. Right. Me. So he intentionally sped yeah. up and kept going. And it's like, do you understand how like 
dehumanizing that is to me. Like it, it, right. it messes my psyche up because I'm trying to just go to work. My life right. is hard and I'm, I'm not saying that just to continue to just repeat it, but it's like, it is hard and I just don't want anything to get harder. So now you want me to walk three more blocks in the sun where my eyes are very sensitive to light. Um, right. And it's like, and, and I've had bad experiences sometimes with step or, or and again, sometimes yeah. you just want to be an adult and you don't want to have to count on people all the time, but I know you, yeah, ha- you have to is. get that realization in your head. Yep. Transportation is definitely one of the most challenging things. It's, it's definitely one of the most challenging things, you know, and thankfully we live somewhere where there is a bus. I mean, I know it's not, yeah. but Jordan doesn't take it very often either, but you know, there's towns where there's not a bus and there's no cab companies and you know, it's, it's really, what do you do? You know, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. very, very difficult, you know, especially when you have a job that you have to get to at a certain time. And, you know, it's not just getting to the grocery store to shop. It's, it's getting to work when you need to, so, and, and finding a place to live, you know, Jordan's been lucky and he found an apartment as soon as he got out of school. Um, you know, so he's, but it, that's not always an easy thing to do either is to find an apartment that's, you know, accommodating to somebody with a, with a difference, you know? So it is, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. Now he kind of transitioning, he, he, did he compete in the special Olympics? Yeah, he actually did. So he started when he was, I want to say eight, I think. Um, yeah, somewhere around eight. And um, so he had been taking, he had been taking horseback riding lessons actually since right about when he was diagnosed. He started at about three or four, very, very young when he started. Um, he started doing the therapeutic horseback riding lessons and and I've always loved horses, although I did not ride at that time. And anyhow, so I started um, volunteering and working there. And that kind of led into, um, we decided to start a Special Olympics program at the barn um, for equestrian. There was not an equestrian team in Lycoming County. So um, two much better riders than I am and much better, much, much more experienced um teachers were coaches so the three of us coached together and um so jordan took therapeutic riding lessons and he actually did independent lessons but like kind of as part of that the therapeutic riding program and then he also yeah became part of the special olympics team so and we took he went to state several times um especially a really good rider um so yeah we that was a that was a really, really wonderful experience for him and for Brandon and I both coached. So it was, it was wonderful for all of us. Now, when he Just got that, into it, were you already coaches or was that afterwards? It was at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we started coaching and he was part of our first team. Our first team, we kind of um, just not, cause none of us had, it was myself, a woman named Sue and a woman named, named Amanda were the head coaches. Um, so the three of us had never done Special Olympics before. We had done therapeutic riding, but not Special Olympics. So having no idea what we were getting into, we kind of picked, um, like handpicked, I think six kids that we started with and we took them to states and, you know, went through and then we expanded the program. Um, and we coached for like eight, 17 years. 
16, 17 years, I think. It's a long time. And um, we probably had about 25 kids, I think, in the program. Um, And then we lost two of our, the other two coaches, Sue and Amanda, weren't able to coach anymore. So um, we don't have an equestrian team in Lycoming County anymore. But um, but it, we had grown it to a really nice big program. Kids loved it, and we actually had a waiting list of people to get in into it. Um, so and we were just really lucky. We had the barn where we did the um, the therapeutic riding. So Ed her, um, Edna Rydell runs that. It's at Sunnybrook Meadows, and so she had therapy horses, and she had an indoor arena, and you know she was set up for us to have a team. So it was it was a really really wonderful experience for the athletes and and for us. I love it, love it, love it. Now, did you just participate in that one particular sport, or were you? Trained? We did. Okay. someday someday I will get into. I'll go back and do a, a different sport. Um, I, I did love I did love coaching. Um, I just kind of went equestrian. Well, we stopped doing equestrian. I just kind of stepped back because I had done it for like I said, it was probably close to twenty years. I had done that. Um, so I did give myself a little break from that and I haven't, have not gotten back into coaching anything else. Jordan, um, Jordan competed in a couple of different sports. Yeah, he did well, bowling. bowling he golf. did, oh yeah, and golf. He did golf. So he did some different sports. Oh, awesome. It's a wonderful program. I, I think it is, it, it is really, really fantastic at giving people with, um, with disabilities a place to a place to really shine there's some amazing athletes that go to states and go to world games you know there's there were some kids that you know were running you know marathons and like they're track and field they they're amazing there were some really good well really good equestrians um you know this it's a place where it's very competitive and it's very um, it, it's a really, really great place for people to go and be able to be competitive, but yet, you know, still be, not be kicked to the sidelines all the time. So you believe, cause um, you know, you hear a lot with big organizations, a lot of times they take advantage. You think they're more about supporting and accentuating these athletes' talents, they're they're actually for the cause? Because, you know, you hear about a lot of big organizations where they don't do that. Oh, no. You know what? I really, really, I, I'm a big believer in Special Olympics. I don't feel what I saw of it anyway. I, who knows what it's, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's a... Right. I haven't heard anything. I'm just asking. Everything. Yeah, but no, I, I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic organization and I n- never felt that it was, I never felt that it was something where, you know, there were big CEOs just, you know, running, you know, just doing it for, for get a big game. CEO salary or, yeah. you know, whatever. No, I, I really, really think that that is a, I think that's a fantastic organization. And I think the, the athletes, they do a really nice job of, um, having lots of sports really like equestrian that's an expensive sport you know and like that's a great thing that they offered 
the kids to be able to do. It's expensive to, you know, writing lessons aren't cheap. Um, and I think they are really good about including as many athletes as possible. And then, you know, when you go to states, like you go to Penn State for, I think it's three days now, you go for, for three days and you, you know, and that's really great too. The kids have a lot of independence and they, you know, they get to stay in the dorms and, um, yeah, eating the mess halls and they have, you know, they have a dance and they have parties and, and it's a, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's just really a great experience for kids who don't always get to go away and be independent like that. Yeah. Very exhausting. When Brandon and I coached, we came home on Sunday afternoon and went to bed until Monday morning. It's exhausting, wow. but it's a really, it's really great. No, that's really cool. Um, yeah. Now, can you talk about like the seriousness of it? Because I think some people just think, oh, it's just a joke. It's just you know, like these these guys take it and gals they take it serious, right? The, the athletes, Special I mean, Olympics. The athlete, yeah. Well, oh, especially, but the athletes specifically. Oh yeah. I mean, hey, we. So, again, now the only thing I've coached is equestrian, but we, there wasn't any messing around and it wasn't just doing pony rides. I mean, we taught, you know, we expected those kids to be able to, you know, handle their horses. They had to know how to groom. They had to be able to, you know, you're, and again, I'm speaking from equestrian. So equestrian's tough because. I always say that's like the one sport where your equipment can choose not to cooperate with you. Um, so, you know, you're putting these kids in an arena um, with a horse that might decide it doesn't like lots of people in a closed space. <laughs> and, you know, so you, we really, really made sure that our athletes were able to handle their horse in situations that could be a little dicey they had to be confident and competent um and you know they did it, the athletes that were there um you know you had some athletes that did have um leaders and sidewalkers and then you had independent classes um and the independent classes they did um it, it's called like equitation they did dressage which are, you know, pretty high level um, right. events. Yeah, they're they're high they're high level skills, um, and they were really good riders. And when we would go around to the other sports, I mean, there's kids there that bowl three hundred. You know, there's there's some there's some good bowler, really good bowlers there. There's Jordan got dumped at one time on the horse. Yeah. Horse acted up, threw him off. He got right back on and went in for the next event. Yeah, it's like you know. Yeah, it's not. It, there's nothing, you know. The, and like I said, the the um, with the track and field, there's some. It, there's just some really, really talented athletes. And yes, you make some accommodations sometimes. Well, a lot of the times. Um, but it's not, nobody should ever think that it's not a legitimate sporting event. It's, it's hard, you know, and the kids, they are not, 
yes, everybody celebrated and, and, you know, yes, coming in third is celebrated, but, you know, they all want to win. They want to come in first. They are very competitive. Um, and they're, like I said, they're very, you have different levels of abilities. Um, but it, but it's just an amazing place. And I will guarantee you that the the swimmers swim better than I do. The mm. track and field, they run faster than I do. You know, the I mean, they, they're really, it's a lot of really talented kids. Um, and again, every ability level is celebrated. But even the, the kids that are, running at a lower level or, or competing at a, I don't want to say a lower level, but competing at um, not the highest levels of competition, they're still competing at their highest level. They're still giving it their absolute all. And that's what we expect from all the kids. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a, everybody should go. Every, every athlete, we often said every, every middle school, high school athlete, should have to go to Special Olympics. They should see what what actually competing and actual sportsmanship is like. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I, I do hate the culture of how everybody is celebrated. I don't mean people with disabilities. I mean any every kid is just a trophy for every little thing. But people with disabilities, right. especially on, on that level, like they they never get celebrated for everything, anything. They never get put right. in some sort right. of light to be told that they're good at something. And that they're right, that they're because, special, not special for the like, the demeaning way. Right, it, right. It's great to see them actually celebrated, and it's like oh, they're smiling and having fun. And I guess what I said sometimes when you right. do see highlights or you see pictures, you tend to just see smiles and having fun. And I I, I wanted you to kind of really address how how serious it actually is because I think people oh, some people tend, from the outside yeah. just think oh this is just some silly game, but it's like no, they they actually do take it. Yeah, serious. they almost act like it's just like like a special needs fun day. Right. It's not. It's very because it's some yeah some of them where where if they're not winning they they'll start crying and oh yeah upset and, yeah know. yeah they fight hard to win you know I mean that their goal is to win their goal is not just to go out there and you know come in second they're they want to win you know so and they work hard they work really hard at it there's you know I mean it's like any that you know or any team there's going to be some kids that work harder than others but oh my god some of those kids they just you know they train hard they train really hard so yeah. it's a really really I think it's a great organization love it love it love it and it did you know for Jordan it was really nice it, it was a good it just a good experience being away from home and and being um being in big crowds being in big groups you know that's that's not always the easiest thing. There's a really good experience for him too. No, that's awesome. Um, now, either one of you can answer this, or both of you can answer it. It's fine. Um, like, what do you? And it may be a cheesy question, but what what is the one thing or the the, the biggest thing you think you've learned just being the parent of Jordan? Patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. A lot of patience. A lot of. Um, a lot of how oh, it sounds, gosh, it sounds really trite, but kind of really appreciating and, and 
celebrating what he is able to do. You know, we weren't always sure. We weren't always sure what what was going to happen. So it's they didn't paint a rosy picture when we got back when we got diagnosed. Yeah, they told us the worst case scenario. So we were, um, you know, plan on a group home, plan on you know, plan on him not talking. You know, that kind of stuff. So. So like the, yeah, the fact so. that the ceiling again, kind of going back to the ceiling, the fact that his ceiling was kind of perspective. It was it was so low that like now when he does anything, it, it, he shatters through it, and now like the expectations continue to go higher for him, and it's easy to be right. You, know, you would be proud of him anyway because you're his parents, but it, it, it's easy to see like like I said, his expectations were so low based on the doctor's prognosis. Right. Like now when he does what he's doing, it's like wow. Like, yeah, because I'm sure yeah, know, he yeah, can live on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really, we we really weren't sure that was ever going to happen. And you know, he works. He has an art studio. He has a job. And so, yeah, I think we we and we learned not to not to put limits on him. You yeah. know, to kind of to set the bar high, I guess. You know, and 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 we also, I think, um, we just learned to. Well, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it wasn't learning. Maybe it's just what we would do anyway. But like I said, we really, we didn't treat him any different. We didn't, you know, we have the same expect. We, we kind of always told him that, you know, it would be nice if the world would accommodate him, but it probably wasn't, you know, wasn't going to. It definitely wasn't going to. He had to be able to fit into the world. Um, and he did, you know, so. Yeah. Has there been any kind of confliction between like the brothers in this sense? Cause I mean, I know Joe enough and, and Joe's, you know, you don't have to go too much into it cause it's more about Joe yeah. but still, but I mean, is there, has there ever been any kind of confliction, whether, uh, you know, giving one more attention than the other or, you know, or just, you know, maybe you want to treat them both the same, but they both don't really know what the same is because one's right. different. Right. Um, no, I would. They really didn't fight no. a whole lot. They really never did. Um, Joseph, even though he was younger, has always been pretty protective of Jordan. Um, yes, I think Joe. Growing up, I can remember him. To him, Jordan getting to go to occupational therapy well Jordan got to play in the ball pit and when he got to go to physical therapy you know he got to Joey it looked like Jordan got to do fun things um so I you know yeah I think there was it was probably one of the biggest struggles do you think I mean I think that was a big struggle for us was trying to make sure that that Joe got what he needed to Right. I think um, I think what I get from Joe, and again, I don't want to focus too much on Joe because I never told him I was going to put any of his business out there, and I do love him. I tell right. him that he just he he likes to shove it all, but whatever. But <laughs> but I but yeah. I do genuinely love him, and um, but it's like I do feel like maybe Jordan, like he kind of self reflects off of Jordan, thinking that Jordan has accomplished so much for what you know, like the, with the expectations being so low, and he's done so much with his life that I think he kind of looks at himself like, oh. I haven't really accomplished anything. And he's, he gets down on his own life. Like, well, okay. Yeah. I've been in the military, but look, I'm kind of in this job and the military it's working sort of because it's on the weekend and these little things. But he, I think he looks at his life. Like he hasn't amounted to much where he thinks Jordan has, which he has 
for sure. But I, I, I mean, right. you can never compare yourself to other people. Um, and I don't right. think it, I don't think it's a something like he's jealous of Jordan or anything, but I just, I think no, he, he just beats is. himself up over it. Right. And it, it certainly, I think was, it was always, always a tough thing for Brandon and I to, it's really hard. It was, it's really hard to give your kids, to give each kid what they need. And it's not. You know, they don't each need the same thing. So it was hard. Jordan took a lot of time and energy. Um, and a lot of attention. And a lot of attention, yeah. So, yeah, it was it, it was one of the hardest things. And I don't know how well we did with it, um, with just trying to give Joe, you know. And like I said, Joe's always been protective of Jordan. And I'm sad that he felt like he had to be, mm-hmm. you know, that's, they're only a year apart. Sure. So that's a lot for, you know, for a six year old to feel like he's got to look out for his seven year old brother, because, you know, especially when Jordan was younger, he, he had <clears throat> friends, but he didn't, you know, Joey would always, Joe, Joe was always watching. To, Joey always knew where Jordan was. He always knew he's very attuned. Like he was always, because Jordan would wander off. Joey always knew where it was. You know, I can remember him saying that. I'd be like, oh, where's Jordan? And I'd be like, and Joey'd be like, he's right there. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were watching him. He's like, mom, I'm always watching him. Right. Like he's, he, so it's, it's a shame if Joe does feel at all that he hasn't accomplished a lot. Because yeah. he has. He's just been a great, he's been a great brother, you know, he's taken on a lot that not every kid would take on. Not every kid, some kids would pretend that wasn't their brother, you know, some kids maybe wouldn't. I've been the older brother and I remember like, you know, I'm, I'm six years older than my sister. And I remember seeing all the love and attention she got as a baby. And I'm just like, Oh, boo, like, where's my attention? Yeah. But I could see yeah, that yeah. could be a real mind screw where it's the other way around yeah. where he's the younger one, but his, his older brother is still like, they, there's no, like they, it still carries over into his young life where it's like, wait a minute, why right. is he getting more attention? And I'm the baby. Like it, it's, right. it's kind of, even though it, they're only one right. year apart, but still he, he he needs more dedication and attention because of his condition. Right. Whereas Joe is. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. And Joey very much, you know, when he was a baby, Jordan was a very difficult baby. And, you know, Joe did get handed off sometimes because Jordan, Jordan was, um, he's a lovely young man now. He's a wonderful person. Um, but he was a just a toddler you know so Jordan would be throwing himself on the ground and banging his head on a concrete floor and so Joe did get you know not as he didn't demand as much attention and he didn't you know it it was a very very difficult juggling act to try to and you know to try and like I said give each of them what they needed and Brandon and I were, we'd never been parents before. You know, we were, we were young. We were just, you know, these were our, our only two kids. You know, so I mean, we were, you know, you're young when you're going through this, you know, and we both were working full time and, you know, it was, um, 
it's very challenging. We were lucky. We had wonderful parents on both sides and, you know, we were, we had a lot of support. We were really, really blessed. I like to make him feel uncomfortable. We're at the gym and though I'm into, though I'm into women, I I like to tell him uh while we're on the treadmill that he's sexy. (laughs) 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 Just to, just to make him uncomfortable. That's great. It's not that hard to do. He no. <laughs> I will always keep him on his toes. I, I try to screw with him. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, he's he's great. And I and I often think, like, he's just, he's a wonderful guy because he is empathetic and he is, you know, caring. I think that's maybe part of what growing up with Jordan has done for him, you know, is it's just made him maybe not a, not a jerk, you know? He's. No, he you is know, very kind. He really is. Yeah, I think he's he's good. He's he's he's, he's um you know empathetic to people. But yeah, he is. He's funny. He's a funny yeah. kid. I like to bust his balls, but in general, he I, I tell him I enjoy that. He's a very good guy, <laughs> and I, I I wouldn't you know I, I love having him as a friend, and I loved working with him. I don't work. I mean, we work yeah. in the same place, but we don't work together anymore. Right. Um, right. But uh, yeah, we can kind of wrap this up soon. Like one of the things, uh, just like a r- random question to ask you, as, as you're a very big animal person, like how how important and like therapeutic do you think animals like play in, in people's lives? Well, <laughs> now, you're the perfect person to ask. So <laughs> I think they're huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can't imagine not having. Sure. And I think for Jordan, you know, I think, I think for Jordan and for a lot of people, well, a lot of people, period, and then people with disabilities, the absolute acceptance that you get from a cat or a dog or a horse, um, you know, I think, you know, and like when you go back to like the equestrian and, and the and riding and stuff, you know, horses don't care if you're, you know, if you talk, if you don't talk, they don't care. That's not how they communicate with you. They don't care if you're, you know, pretty or or short or, you know, they don't care. They don't care what you look like. They don't care what you sound like. They care what your... If you're skilled or not. Yeah. They know if, you, if, you're, if you're not skilled and they know if you're scared. Yeah. So you have to have confidence and you have to know what you're doing. Or they'll know it. Yep. Yeah, and I think you know, dogs, cats are the same way. Like they respond to a person's kind of—I don't want to say their soul, but you know what I mean. Like they—they they respond to the inside of a person, and and that's so. It's just such a different. I think it's huge. It's a different kind of acceptance that you you know than you can get from anybody else. You know, they, animals are just always there. They always love you. And they just, they, they, they care how you treat them. They don't care, you know, they don't care how much money you make or anything like that. They just care. They care that you feed them. <laughs> yeah, they care that you make enough money to feed them. Exactly. That's about it. But yeah, Jordan has, you know, he, Jordan's always been really good with animals. He's very good with He's very calm around dogs, so he's really good with them. He's good with really good with horses, and he has a cat. Um, you know, so that he'd be lost without his cat. Like yeah, that is, that's 
Yeah, he's That's it's, his family. Yeah, it's him and that cat in the apartment. Do you have animals? Yeah, I remember we talked about this. My cat, he's still laying. He's still laying here. Yeah, I mean, when I when I lost, see, I listen to her, but she doesn't listen to me. Um, kidding, of course. But sorry, no, 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 you're fine. I don't care. But no, I mean, I lost my cat Diva a couple years ago, and 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 yeah. I always say like, I don't know if I'll ever love anything more than I loved her because she got me through the worst times in my life, yeah. uh, or most yeah. of them. Not when I was when I had my disease, but all my depression days and things. Um, but like yeah. when I got bullied, like, it's just amazing to watch him grow and, and, and earn his trust. Cause he didn't trust me at first because I think he felt, um, neglected by his other family, even though I think they were a decent family, but they, they just couldn't take care of him anymore. They had a dog that was kind of bullying him and it was like one or the other. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, we had the dog first, so we have to get rid of him. And he just fell into my lap and I just was like, okay, I, I have to take him. And I panicked because yeah. I just wanted to replace yeah. Steve so quickly. I didn't want to be alone. Um, yeah. and it was two days later I got him and it wow. took a couple weeks, but like he follows me everywhere and I know he genuinely loves me. And like every day, no matter how bad I feel coming out of work, no matter how much yeah. pain I'm in mentally, physically, when he, yeah. when I see his little face and he's just happy rolling over and it's like, it just immediately yeah. puts me in a good mood. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I think like nobody will ever love me as much as, you know, my dog, my cat. Well, Brandon, Probably you better get on there. You heard what she said. <laughs> you yeah, gotta start putting knows. in some more love. It's your marriage. No, your marriage isn't I, over. You guys are still bliss. <laughs> Let's go. No, I told him too. He had his dog who's out there scratching at the door. Just you know, look the way that dog looks at him. I was like, I love you, but I don't know. I don't think I look at you quite like that dog does. There he is, his buddy. So yeah, I think. And again, I think it's something, I think that's something really special with all animals. I think horses are really cool for kids with disabilities. I think there's something really special about having that kind of partner, that kind of working partnership with an animal that big and that, you know, that it's willing to work with you. I think that's really magical. So sure. I think, you know, like I said, all animals are, I love them all but there's something really special about like horseback riding and, you know, therapeutic riding and stuff. Just something really neat about uh, having that kind of relationship with an animal that doesn't have to listen to you. Right. Um, so. Before we get out here, do you, I mean, obviously I know you don't really have anything to promote, but do you, do you know of any organizations or anything you can recommend for whether it's parents that are need help or anything just that can help any parent or any you know, kid with a disability, any organizations or? Um, so there's, and it's not local, unfortunately. It doesn't have to be there's, local because this, um, this goes everywhere. So, I mean. It, yeah. Okay. So there's Adders, um, which is down around Lewisburg. It's Autism Diagnosis and Education Resource. Um, they help, they do a lot of social activities for a uh, people, young adults with autism, which is a really great thing. A lot of, especially young adults with autism need socialization, that sort of thing. So they're good. Um, I would really recommend, and it's not a specific organization, I would really recommend anybody with a kid with a disability um, go to a lawyer and, you know, get some guidance on how to set things up so that they are you know, around the time they turn 18 so that you're sure that things are in place for them going into adulthood. 
Um, OVR, the Office of Vocational Rehab, they were helpful mm-hmm. for with us for getting a job for Jordan when he was an adult. So that was good. Um, and the BLAST intermediate unit for the kids when they were young, that was a good, that was a good experience. The Children's Development Center and the BLAST IU was good. So those are, so, and, and just other parents. And there's local support groups. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one we we went to a couple times down in Danville. Now yeah. There's a local one here in Williamsport somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, support groups, they can be a little tricky, I think, sometimes um, to find the right fit. But they are nice sometimes just to help you meet. Sometimes, uh, for us, it was kind of we met a couple mm-hmm. parents that we that we hit it off with. Um, the group as a whole wasn't always my thing, but it was really a good place to meet some other parents that had good advice and, and to get your kids together and, you know, maybe find some um, other kids that your kid could hang out with, you know, and have some, some friends. I so. should say that we're in Pennsylvania because I have fans that are like in Norway and everywhere else. So, oh, wow. when, okay, when yeah. We, yeah. So when we say these places, just know that they're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. You have the United yeah. States. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, do you feel like we covered everything or is there anything else you want to kind of add? Cause I'm good with whatever we do with everything. Nope, I think, no, I feel like, uh, I feel like I talked your ear off. So no, we're good. Good. <laughs> now Brandon definitely talked my ear off. He talked way too much. I know. Yeah. He is the chatty one. I always have to tell him to tone it down a little. I, I, tried. <laughs> I told you don't even invite him, but you said, no, he has some things to say. That's okay. <laughs> He's my moral support no. and he helps keep you from forgetting things. So I can tell that you guys make a good uh, yin and yang. Yeah. Um, don't hang up cause I just want to stop the recording, but I, I do thank you both for, for coming on. I appreciate your time. You didn't have to do all right, it. So. All right. It was good to Thanks. talk to you guys. You too. Thanks, DJ. Well, that was uh, that was wonderful. I like those guys. They're great. I don't remember if I actually said, because I said I work with Joe, but I also work with Brandon, the father. Uh, very, very sweet guy. Really good dude. Um, the mom, I've ever, I've yet to meet in person, but really good person, as you can tell. Uh, you're just a good family. I haven't met Jordan yet either. I will in, in due time. He actually doesn't live too far from my grandmother. Um, but great family. Um, I don't know. Let me see if Bullet wants to give us a, you want to get us out of here? Bullet? Smelling the mic. You going to purr? No? You just want to rub your face against it? You don't want to purr, big guy? No, he doesn't. We're just killing time here, Bullet. All right. It's okay. No worries. You rubbed your face against the mic. You're good enough. I love you, buddy. Um, so we're going to get out of here. We're going to get on to the next one. Uh, there's a big yes coming up, uh, someone I've been working on getting. Um, these are all big guests. I shouldn't say it like that, like these people are just chopped liver. I'm just saying there's a, a celebrity guest coming up. Um, and it was someone I've been trying to hunt down, and I got them. Uh, tenacity. I'm on this shit. But yes, thank you to everybody who supports. Thank you to all the guests. And um, I will see you all next week. Have a good day. And whenever you hear it, have a good week. And uh, bye, everybody.